This is 680-CJOB. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. And what are you doing for Valentine's Day this year? Well, if you don't know, The Main Ingredient is having a Valentine's Day dinner at Arab Bistro in support of Kids Initiative. Now let me say this. My idea of Valentine's Day may be a little different from the norm in that I know it's supposed to be a lovey-dovey day for couples to go out for dinner, but in my opinion, it's a day of love for everyone to celebrate every kind of love. Couples, friends, relatives, or whoever. Today I have Chef Yan Chen, who obviously is a chef at Arab Bistro, to talk about her journey to Canada from China and to give details on the special menu Arab Bistro has created for Valentine's Day. Yan, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. <laughs> Took a little while to think about that. <laughs> like I traveled in minus thirty, and now I got to think about yep. if I'm if I'm good or not. Okay, so let's talk about um, your time growing up in Hong Kong and what led you to the restaurant industry. First of all, you were in the restaurant industry there, right? Yep. Okay, so um, yeah, uh, I got my first job serving uh, in a restaurant in Hong Kong when I was eighteen years old, mm-hmm. and um, that is actually a funny story. Um, like me and my friend always go to a restaurant and bar. We always like hang out there. And my friend is actually looking for a job. So the manager come up to us and talk to my friend. It's like, okay, here's the application form. Like, you're going to fill this out. Um, the first question is, are you over 18? And my friend was like, oh, no, I'm not over 18. And I was like, oh, like, uh, I'm actually over 18. Like, can I fill up the form? I'm looking for a job, actually. Yeah. And that's the way I started. That's like, hilarious. I don't, yeah, I don't really, like, think of what kind of job I would get. I just, like, take the opportunity. Yep. Yeah. And since I pick it up, I like it. What's the difference between the restaurant industry there and here? Is there, are there huge differences? Like when you decided to come to Canada, you yeah. decided to, to work in the back of the house or did you start off in the front of the house here too? Actually, like it's a big difference. I believe like um, mostly of the people, when they grow up, they start the kitchen job, but they don't really go to school. We don't have like... Um, like a formal school. Yeah, formal school like culinary arts in Hong Kong. Yeah. But like... Mostly of them, they just like kind of like a apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. So they follow their chef in the kitchen. Uh, it's totally different culture. I mean, like when you start the first job in the kitchen, you have to do some basic stuff, which is like you have to clean all the vegetables for maybe a year or two years. Holy and then you smokes. Will, really? Yeah. Like for real. Yeah. And then you might have a chance to jump into doing co-appetizer, which is like salad or like um, sandwiches. Right, so it's a slow process, right? Yep. Wow. Okay, so you're in Hong Kong. What made you decide to come to Canada by yourself? Like you moved here on your own, right? How long have you been here? I've been here for 12 years. 12 this years. Pretty, uh, long time, yeah. <laughs> you sucker. You come to Winnipeg. What's I wrong know, with you? I know, why I'm staying here. I, like, I <laughs> like minus 30 out today. <laughs> 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 okay, so A, what brought you to Canada? Yeah. B, what brought you to Winnipeg? And C, what made you stay? Okay, um, first of all, I worked front of the house for four years until the last job. Uh, I worked in a cafe when I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three bosses, and they are all businessmen. They don't know how to, they, do know, they don't know how to run the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically doing everything. i um doing the surfing. i back in the kitchen, do some cooking, and like, all was was that in Hong Kong or was that here in, in Hong Kong? Kong. Yeah, in okay. Hong Kong, it's like a small cafe. It's only like forty seats. Right. So I basically doing everything, and then at one point, um, I just think of myself like, why I cannot be the boss? Like I can do all this. Like I know everything. 
And um, since then, I have a dream like I want to like open up my own restaurant.、Mm-hmm. But I mean, like it's not that easy, right? Like I love front of the house for sure, but like I definitely some experience、uh, at the back of the kitchen. Right. So that's why I think of to jump out of that area, jump out of my comfort zone to、right. learn something like good for myself.、Mm-hmm. So why is Winnipeg? Because I have friends here, so who can actually like help me out for like. Like I have the place to live, and、um, I know where to go. Like、um, go to school or like help out for like living in here. For sure, it、yeah. makes it a lot easier. Obviously, if you have、yeah. friends here, kind of to blaze the trail for you first, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So,、uh, what made you move? Like you said, you you moved from the front of the house to the back of the house because you wanted the experience. Just wanted to learn how the restaurant ran in the back. Also, yeah. How's that been so far? Yeah, was good.、Um, I don't really think of.、Um, The plan of how I go into where I want to be, but like I always like try my best to do anything that I can. So when I came here, I go to high school and then I study,、um, graduate from the culinary art program,、mm-hmm. and then I my first job start at、um, uh, in the Fox.、Uh, I'm one of the cook there under. Chef Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Yeah, that, <laughs> I told that you. Guy, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Yeah, that you know, I, like I said,、guy. I graduated high school with Barry.、Yeah. Barry, what's going on?、So、give him a shout out there. Okay, carry on. He must be laughing.、Right、<laughs> He will definitely listen to it. I talked to him. <laughs> Did <already> . you? <laughs> But yeah, like again, thank you for Barry. Give me this a good、uh, five years of, like、uh, experience. Yeah, work at you know the Fox from. Basic until I know how to cook a steak or like a free courses menu fine dining is definitely a good skill. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good on him, man. Good on him. I'll have to、uh, text him or you know spam him after this. <laughs> um. Okay. So what were your what were some some of your biggest challenges when you came to Canada? We're talking just daily life wise and professionally. Wow, that's、um, definitely a big challenge. For sure. Like, for sure, like different country, different language, and. I barely speak English. Like it's crazy. You just picked up and came to a country where you barely knew English. Yeah, well, for sure we have education in Hong Kong. Right. I mean, like, like you always speak your home can like a、uh, home language. Right. So it's kind of hard、like. to really dive into English if you're never speaking it. Yeah. Right. Um, I remember there are like a couple times I get lost on the street and. I try to talk to people where I'm going to, and they're like, "Oh,、uh, I don't know what you're talking about."、Oh, would, oh, and there's one time、um, I remember going to the the exam, and I take the bus on opposite way. Oh no! <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> like half hour late, and when I run to the classroom, I opened up the door and. There's only one empty seat, and everybody look at me. I'm just like, oh my god, like I'm so nervous. I cannot just get my brain together for the exam. That's crazy.、Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be that'd be really tough. We'll be back after the break to talk more with Chef Yan Chen from the Arab Bistro. Be right back. We are back. Thanks for sticking around. This is the main ingredient. I'm talking to Chef Yan Chen from the Arab Bistro. Okay, so let's talk about where you are now. Right. Let's talk about the Era Bistro. I'm sure a lot of people don't know that it exists in there. It's been around for a while. Let's let's talk about it. How, well, you know,、yeah. maybe when it opened and a little bit of the the background of it and how you ended up there. Um, Era Bistro is in the Sparrow Hotel. So, um, for Sparrow Hotel, we have Inner the Fox,、mm-hmm. we have Mirror Hotel on Waterfront, and we have Lawwood Hotel. Right. So is like、uh, one company, obviously. So after I work at Inner the Fox for five years, I have a、um, opportunity to jump up to be a sous chef at Arab Bistro, and that's the way how I start to work there. How has it been so far? 
was good. I definitely so happy to work with everyone in there. It's the most happiest job ever in my life. <laughs> so you like it? I'm sensing. I definitely <laughs> like it. Okay, when I walked in, I noticed the long tables that you guys have. Obviously, yeah. for a lot of people to sit at. What do you guys primarily use those for? What are those called? You mean the chef's table? The chef's tables. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, because Arabistro has an open kitchen concept, which is good for attract some people if they want to. Um, look at how the chef done the job in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like how the chef can make the pan on fire, or like, oh, just so that they can sit and enjoy the show. Yeah, absolutely. And um, especially when we have a free courses doing every Wednesday night, um, people enjoy our food. They will sh- sit on this chef table, and um, our cook will be like. Um, Go out and talk to other guests. What is the the courses ideas is? Oh, which is perfect. So every Wednesday night, you guys have three courses, and in between courses, or when they're when they're bringing out the food, they talk about the actual course that's being served. Yes. Awesome, man. Yep. Whose idea was that? That was probably someone like me who yeah. thought that great idea up, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's killer because you're always posting awesome pictures of the food. There's a lot of the food from. The the Wednesday night, it's almost like an event every Wednesday night, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you created the menu, and what was the inspiration behind the menu? Like, well, what what kind of food? If someone asked you what kind of food you guys serve there, what would you categorize it as? Yeah, our bistro is a uh, kind of like a casual fine dining restaurant. So um, when we have to um, change the menu, actually, is from everyone at the kitchen because, uh, like, for me, example, like from China, and then we have Kiev. Uh, he has a background of Ukraine. And yep. We have Santi, the prep cook, is from Naos, and we have Dean, which is from um, uh, Philippines. So uh, we try to like United um, Nations back there. It's yeah, nice. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. So we can like um, bring up all the ideas together and see what's the best for the, our guest. Right. So it's 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 a collaborative effort. Everybody has a little bit yeah. of input. Uh, input. Input. <laughs> I can't speak right now. <laughs> You're speaking my language right now. <laughs> I hope people understand. It. Yep. <laughs> Not even I understand it. Yeah. Everybody has some input, and then you finalize everything. Right. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, hey, let's talk about the food that I ate when I was there. Right. Yep. I, I'm sure that the, that the carrot fries must be really popular because they're like super it good. Is. is it really? Yeah. It is. Well, who came up with that? Uh, yeah, from all of us. Really? I've, I've never... I'm Barry Sanders again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You talk about the beet salad and the carrot fries that we have. Right. The beet and the carrots actually from a local farm. Yep. Yeah, and uh, the carrots is organic. So we just kind of like good quality from like from the city, right? Right. And uh, the mixed green is actually from the local farm as well. And we do our own... House green salad. It's perfect. You guys are big on, again, making things from scratch or buying it local, right? You guys yeah. really emphasize that. Uh, mostly of uh, our ingredients from vegetable to protein, we have over like 70 to 80% is uh, from local and they're organic. Nice. Yeah. It's awesome. You love avocado. I know that. I do. I really do. One thing you talked about when we were in the restaurant is that uh, you emphasize it's, it's important for Era to commit to using fair trade uh, products. Why is that important to, to you guys? Yeah, fair trade is about better prices, decent working condition for um, other countries' people. Um, uh, for the thing that, like, uh, when we carry the fair trade product, which is like uh, better price for sure, and then will be a good quality, mm-hmm. which is kind of like I like I should say that we are lucky because when we work in Canada, we have minimum pay, 
we have kind of like a decent working hours every week. But for some other countries, I mean, like some other farmers or workers, they may be working 13, 14 hours a day, maybe just like one day off, like a week or maybe like three, four bucks an hour, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like unfair to them. So fair trade is kind of like um, provide them a better living condition, healthcare, education, and communities. For sure. Yeah, that's always good to support, right? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the restaurant itself. How many does a restaurant see? It's very, I love the open concept. It's it's beautiful in there. Yep, we have uh, 96 seats uh, for the restaurant. Right, let's talk about some of the events you guys do, some of the services you offer, your catering services. You guys do in-house events and uh, and weddings. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, except the uh, bistro part, we have uh, we carry a lot of like banquet events, wedding parties. Um, for the main floor, there is build a hall. We can carry fourteen hundred people sit down. We can carry six hundred people for maximum. Um, we do a lot of like uh, stations, buffet, or like appetizer parties. As yeah, well. you, the the event may not necessarily be in the restaurant, or it's never in the restaurant. You guys can have it. We can have it in the restaurant or maybe it so depends on uh, which location they're looking for. Smaller party, we can do it like um, because we have six different locations. You have six different locations? Yes. Within the museum? Within the museum. It's awesome. And so so maximum is 1,200 people. Maximum is 1,400. 1,400 people. Yeah. Wow. Have you done one that large before? We did one for 1,600 people. Wow. So there you say, hey, yeah, our max is 1,400. And they say... Um, can we have 200 more? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Please. Yeah, yeah. So when we get busy, we are like super busy because... That's crazy busy. How do you handle that volume, right? Yeah, I remember one time we have um, 900 people in five different locations at the same time. In the building. In the building. We're talking five different events yes. going on within your building Yeah. and you're servicing them all. Where they order, they were ordering at different times. I hope, right? Yes. They would have to, right? They are different styles as well. They must have like free courses and then buffet. And oh, then... so they're all over the map! <laughs> Holy smokes, man! Yep. That the is part crazy. Is how can like we have a good team? Yep. Like we can, like I'm happy that I'm proud of our team. We just like we can put it up together, mm-hmm. which is no problem at all. Which is a really good experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I guess there's a lot of options for people when they come in and they ask you that, you know, they have an event. There's a lot of different options depending on the size or the yep. type of food or how they want it served. Wow, there's a lot to do, right? Yep. After the news, weather, and sports, we will be back after the break to talk more with Chef Yan Chan from Era Bistro. This is Kevin Bergen on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen, and I'm here with Chef Yan Chan from Era Bistro. And for those of you that don't know, The Main Ingredient and Era Bistro are putting on a Valentine's Day dinner in support of Kids Initiative, which is a nonprofit, non-governmental organization in Winnipeg founded in 2010 whose purpose is to relieve conditions associated with poverty, underdeveloped education programs, and deficient medical aid in Kenya. Its founder, Kat Ross, is in Kenya right now on a distribution trip, putting 100% of their donor dollars that they receive to work on programs that they support. The event is on February 14th, obviously, at the Era Bistro, which is located inside the beautiful Canadian Museum for Human Rights at the Forks. Cocktails start at 6 p.m. with dinner being served at 6.30. And your ticket purchase includes a photograph being taken by Barry St. Louis of St. Louis Photography, a signature cocktail made by professional mixologist Joel Carlton from Bee's Knees and made with Capital K's premium tall grass vodka gin upon arrival, 
Matt Wolf and John Heim from Torque Brewing will be on site for you to sample their signature beers. You'll also have your choice of Sleeman's Original or Honey Brown Lager. Frasculio Fine Oils and Vinegar will be on site for you to sample their excellent products with fresh breads. A glass of wine with dinner supplied by PMA Canada. Jay Boogie will be on hand for music. Treats by Sweet Impressions Bakery, Cranked Energy, Nutrition Plus on Pembina, Generation Green at The Forks, and Chocolates by my friend Constance at Chocolatier Constance Pop, and a gift certificate to try Sculpt Bar Winnipeg. Okay, so let's talk about dinner, my friend. Um, how did you choose what to serve at our event? Our event. Yes, it's our event. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first thing we're going to serve is soup. We're going to have a potato and parsley chowder with leek and kale cream. For the garnish part, we have the herb oil, pink sea salt, and some fair trade cracked peppercorn. Sounds delicious. Okay, so there's three options for the main course that we're offering, that we are cooking, right? Me and you. No, no, me. Okay, not you. 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 It's Yen you. can cook. <laughs> Kevin not can't Kevin, cook. Not Kevin, no. Kevin just eats. <laughs> um, okay, so let's tell people what the, uh, what the three options are for their main course yeah so the first one we have is manitoba white fish with coconut rice cake um we have some grilled mushroom on the side and it will be go with the bag butter bechamel sauce and some microgreens on the top so that is the the first option for the guests and we have the second one which is uh coven is a chicken cook in um oh coven yep Cocoa win, yes. <laughs> I like it the way you say it better. Cocoa <laughs> win, yeah. Okay, uh, that is uh, chicken. Um, we braise it in uh, some wine and mushroom. And we have some black garlic, cream of potatoes, and roasted vegetable on the side. And the last one will be ratatouille with red bean and beet puree. And with microgreens for garnish as well. Ratatouille reminds me of that movie. Have you seen that movie, Ratatouille? No. Ever seen it? No. Dude, you got to see it. It's a cartoon from Disney. I'm a loser. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're going to move on. Um, my favorite is dessert. I love dessert. So uh, hit me. Yes. What are we having? Napoleon? Raspberry Napoleon. Napoleon. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is with layers of puff pastry, yep. whipped cream, and raspberry. Oh, nice. I like that. Did you choose? Did you choose? You made that, right? You choose. Mm-hmm. You chose that one. Uh, I I make no like we come up the idea together. So oh, I got gotcha. you. Me and you did. We did right. Yeah, you always do. All right, yeah. just yeah, yeah. That's what you gotta say. <laughs> All right. So um, for those as we know that may want to attend but need a gluten free option, do you guys have that option for for this dinner? Oh yeah, we always have um, gluten free, dairy free, or maybe vegans option for our guests. So if they have uh, some specialty like allergies, we can definitely do it. Oh nice, that's pretty cool. Yep. I'm going to switch gears here for a moment. On the phone now, I have my friend Matt Wolf from Torque Brewing, who I've shared many pints with to tell us what they will be doing with us at the Arab Bistro on Valentine's Day. Matt, how are you? Good. Yourself, Kevin? I'm pretty good. So first of all, for those who have not heard of Torque Brewing, maybe you can give them the Coles Notes version of who you guys are. Definitely. Well, Torque Brewing, it's uh, one of Manitoba's newest craft breweries here in Winnipeg. We're just located on King Edward Street here, right on Wellington. Uh, we're a beautiful facility. We're a brewery, plus we also have a tap room. And we're uh, fully Manitoba-owned and, uh, like I said, one of Manitoba's newest craft breweries. How long have you guys been open? So we've been open. We've been operating and brewing, actually, since August. Uh, our tap room, however, has only been open since December, so it's been a little bit shorter timeline than our brewery. Like I said, we're kind of a brewery first and with a tap room. 
Okay, so let's talk about the beer lineup people will be tasting at Era on uh, at Era Bistro on Valentine's Day. Maybe you can sum that up. Yeah, definitely. So what we're going to be bringing to the table is definitely our, our core brands, what we call them. They're, they're four of our flagships. Uh, we're going to have uh, What the Hellas, which is our German Hellas, uh, or a German Munich lager. We are going to be bringing the uh, Woody Belgian, which is a Belgian wit beer, beautiful citrusy notes, nice light flavors, high carbonation on it. Uh, one of our most popular, which is Redline. Redline is our red IPA or red pale ale. Uh, gives you beautiful multi notes, but it's also a very true IPA. So nice uh, citrusy, uh, very floral fragrances that you'd find in an IPA. And we're also going to bring the uh, Diesel Fitter, which is our American stout, which is for all the stout lovers out there. Uh, it's a big, bold beer, nice dark colors, lots of rose, chocolates, mocha, coffee flavors. Uh, but also follows through with a lot of nice bitterness on it that we get from from the hops that are going to be in that beer. So it's a very nice lineup, really represents us quite well. So which one out of those signature beers is the most popular in Winnipeg? You know what, right now in, in Winnipeg, it's kind of a cut between what the hell is, the German-style lager, which is a, one of their most approachable beers that we have here. Uh, if you're a really good lager drinker or really enjoy a lager, that's definitely the beer that people a lot are uh, they're approaching very easily. Uh, and also for those that are kind of the, the hoppier uh, hop heads that are out there, the, the red line, because of the, the combination of the, the nice dark malts that are on there, the hops, uh, it becomes a very approachable beer too, that it, it's not over the top hoppy, but at the same time it has that, that character of being an IPA. So those two definitely in Winnipeg are our most popular brews. Right, along with a wide variety of beers that you guys have, how did you come up with the names? The names are very, uh, you know, they represent the brands well, but they're not typical beer names. No, it's something that we want it to be, we want it to be signature, we want it to be distinctive. And uh, through a lot of discussion, just like developing the brews that took months and months and months, uh, the names also, the branding really took quite a while to to come up with and really refine. And there are definitely names that you're not going to be finding that a lot of people have. Um, it's something that we want to put a twist on and really call our own. So when you see like uh, Redline, um, it, it describes sort of a very racy style of beer, but at the same time, it's something that's very common and practical. Uh, what the hell is, is a beer that, uh, it's a beer that you're going to try and really kind of say what the hell is. It's a <laughs> beer that, uh, it's approachable, you know, that you don't find very often with a craft brewery, you know, designing and, and actually brewing a Hellas style or a lager style because it takes a lot of time and effort. Uh, Diesel Fitter, you know, it just kind of describes a name. It's a, it's a dark, heavy beer. Um, and the Witty Belgian, because it has a lot of character, uh, the citrus that's on there that you're going to find that uh, a lot of these Belgian beers don't have, it really describes it quite well. It's quite cheeky, as the, the side of the can describes. Cheeky. Um, Very cheeky. <laughs> so, so the night at Era Bistro, obviously we'll be sampling a few beers. So what if people have questions about the beers and you know want to try a few different kinds? Definitely. So it's going to be a fun night there at Era. So we're going to be bringing those four core brands that I just, just described. Uh, what we like to do... Um, you know, instead of having big masses, uh, it's a nice sort of romantic feel. Uh, you can come in. It's going to be very personal. Uh, myself and John uh, are going to be there. And we're going to be able to actually sit down. Uh, we're going to be able to pour samples. Uh, one of the four, uh, you can try all four as a flight. And we can sit there and we can describe the beers for you. If you have any questions, myself, uh, who's in charge of all the operations, and John, the president of Torque, are going to be there to answer all your questions. So it's going to be a very nice sort of interactive um you know, throw any questions that you have at us, any concerns, anything like that, and we'll be more than happy to talk with you. 
which is awesome, right? When do people get the opportunity to try beer and actually talk to the guys that make it, right? Exactly. And, you know, like I described, it's one of these things that we really are passionate about. We don't do a lot of sampling, so for the, for us, it's a very uh, important thing to get out there in sort of nice small little groups and be able to talk to people one-on-one, which is fantastic. Which is awesome. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on the show, buddy. Hey, anytime, Kevin. Thanks for having me on Main Ingredient. Coming up next... Kat Ross, the founder of Kids Initiative, which the main ingredient Valentine's Dinner is supporting, is up next. So stick around. The main ingredient is having a Valentine's Day dinner at Era Bistro on February 14th in support of Kids Initiative. Get your tickets on the 680 CGOB events page. And right now, I have part of the interview I did with the founder of this awesome charity, Kat Ross. Kat, how are you? How's it going today? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Okay, let's talk about your background and how you started working for charities. Okay. Um, well, when I first moved to Winnipeg, I wanted to, I did a lot of volunteering in high school and elementary. And so when I moved to Winnipeg, I wanted to continue my volunteering and help out with uh, different organizations. And my sister actually suggested Nine Circles Community Health Center here in Winnipeg. So I started volunteering there. Um, which then led me to working with individuals that were living with HIV and AIDS and also doing some um, courses for new volunteers coming in. So out of um, or amongst some of the courses that I was teaching, one of them was Global Women and HIV and AIDS. And um, so I taught that for a little while. And then um, it just felt weird. You know, when you have to research something and you're doing a presentation and um you just get the sense of like, well, I just researched this just like you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wanted to be able to really know what I was talking about firsthand. Um, and that's what led me to researching different opportunities to travel abroad and experience um, HIV and AIDS on a global scale. And um, so that's what I did. I found an organization that I could travel with. It led me to Kenya to work in um, a number of different HIV AIDS clinics while I was out there. And uh, that gave me the opportunity to then see... Um, kind of how international aid organizations work in the field as opposed to just on a local fundraising level. And then it also gave me the opportunity to experience um, the difference of resources and opportunities um, coming from a developed country and having um, traveled to a developing country for the first time ever. So experiencing that firsthand definitely led me to um, the desire of doing more pretty much doing whatever I could to make a difference however I could. So that brought me back to Canada, where I decided to let everyone know about my experience and what things were like out in Kenya and what we could do about it. Um, And that kind of just created a snowball effect that led me to developing my own organization, um, charitable organization that would then give me the opportunity to support programs that were already in place in Kenya Um, but get them to a sustainable point. So that's what we focus on doing. We do a lot of educational programs and um, fundraising programs locally to be able to support our five core programs in the field, and we'll support them till they get to a sustainable point. Then they can continue on on their own, and we'll look at developing or, um, I guess, adopting new programs to support. That's the gist. (laughs) (laughs) long-winded gist of it (laughs) you haven't said that at all to anybody right (laughs) okay so why this mission when when you were looking at things to support maybe through your sister uh you probably looked at different charities yeah 
Um, why this one? There's a lot of things going on in your own country. Why one that takes place outside of your own country? Um, well, there's a few different things. I mean, when I was volunteering in um, elementary and high school, I did so many of the local um, charities and supporting our local community here, like the Christmas Cheer Board, Winnipeg Harvest. Um, there was volunteer opportunities with hospitals, preparing the food for all of the um, people accessing the hospital there, all those sorts of things. And so when I moved to the city and my sister kind of suggested this Nine Circles Community Health Center, it was out of the norm for me. It was something that I hadn't done before. Um, and it definitely sparked my interest, which I think is actually directed from um, back in grade eight. This is a really odd story. But back in grade eight, um, we were given the opportunity from our teacher to do a project on any topic we wanted to. So while all of my like peers in school were doing projects on like owls and I don't know, new kids on the block or whatever it might have been. Um, I did a project on HIV and AIDS. In grade eight? Yeah. And I researched it and I remember like, I obviously didn't fully understand the entire um, topic, I guess you can say. I didn't really fully understand what even what stigma meant, mm -hmm. but I understood that people were treated differently. And... The more research I did on it, the more I started developing this, like, I I don't know, this, like, desire to know more and to understand more about it. So um, long and short, I did this project on HIV and AIDS. And then I guess now, you know, years later, I'm moving to the city and my sister's like, hey, you want to volunteer at this organization with me? And it was kind of like, yeah. I never even knew we had a resource center for individuals living with HIV and AIDS. That's awesome, for sure. So it brought me to helping and supporting there. Um, and then on a global scale, it, it definitely was because I was teaching global women a HIV and AIDS um, to new volunteers coming into the project. But I had been a donor um, to supporting uh, children living in developing countries. I had also been a global parent through UNICEF, supporting communities. So I had been a donor um, to organizations that work on an international level. And then, um, and then, yeah, just being able to have the opportunity to travel abroad and work in the HIV-AIDS clinics and experience it firsthand, that gave me that opportunity to really see how organizations work in the field. And I wanted a piece of that. And I kind of wanted to do it my way, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so I guess that's, I guess that's why, you know, that's why I was interested and chose to volunteer firsthand at Nine Circles. And that's why I chose to travel abroad. That's what brought me to Kenya. That's why I continued to want to support on a global scale. Um, and then it just continues to snowball from here, year after year. I guess the kids in grade eight must have thought you were a serious cat, right? <laughs> Billy's talking about his dog. Beth is talking about her neighbor's cat. And you're and they're like, about what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> <laughs> She's deep. <laughs> well, that's, that's fantastic. Wow. Hey, I still like new kids on the block and stuff too, okay? You're dating yourself right there, huh? Hmm? You're a little old, aren't you? <laughs> um, Easy now. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, let's talk about some of the field work or projects that Kids works on. You guys have five core initiatives, right, that you right. work on. Let's talk about those. So we always we decided that we're always going to stick with five core programs. We're not going to exceed that. We're always going to stick with five. That allows us to make um, to kind of do maximum effort in every one of them. So as opposed to having a number of different programs that you can support minimally, we really wanted to be able to have just a few core programs that we can have a bigger impact in and get them to a sustainable point so that we can then start moving forward and adopting new programs. Um, So the five that we have are, we have the uh, Mama Tunza Children's Centre, which I should say we are currently... um, looking at supporting another children's center uh, due to the fact that, unfortunately, Mama Tunza had passed away this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of them. So a children's center is one that we support. Uh, we also have the Diani Primary School. So we support that school as well. Uh, the Kiani Fighter for HIV and AIDS. So we support um, families that are dealing with an individual who's living with HIV and AIDS. Um, and then we also have two... IDP camps. So those are internally displaced people. Um, And so we have those two camps that we support as well. A very remarkable woman who, as we speak, is in Kenya using the funds within the programs kids supports to help those in desperate need. Help us support Kids Initiative while spending time with the ones that you care about at the main ingredient Valentine's Day dinner at the Arab Bistro in the Canadian Human Rights Museum at the Forks. Tickets are available at the 680 CGOB events page and at kevinbergen.com. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm Kevin Bergen on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.